the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Locked on Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad everyone is with me on this Monday of what is a holiday week, 4th of July, this upcoming Saturday. Hope everybody has plans to have some fun. Stay safe with your fireworks. Don't be reckless. Have a good time this weekend. Uh, it's going to be a great week. It's Oklahoma State Week on ESPN. I'm going to take a, a deep dive into the Eddie Doc uh, today. I'll be back on tomorrow after the Eddie Doc to kind of recap it, and then Dion will join me on Wednesday of this week. I'll be out of town Thursday and Friday, so no show on Friday. Going Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday this week. Uh, so I'll get to preview the big country doc on Wednesday on ESPN, but I won't actually get to recap it until next. Uh, I actually think I'm out of town next Monday as well. So I won't actually be able to recap the big country doc uh, until six days after it airs next Tuesday. But I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to the Eddie doc coming up tonight on ESPN. Uh, Going to be an absolute blast. Got some audio from Caden McFarland with Scott Sutton coming your way here in just a few minutes. Want to remind everybody to head on over uh, to Twitter. Follow me at Colby J. Powell at Locked On Pokes. Give me your thoughts. Eddie Sutton, what, what did Eddie Sutton mean to you in his time at Oklahoma State? Let me know at Colby J. Powell at Locked On Pokes. Follow our partners, Boone Pickens State. That's Boone Pickens State, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. They will have all of the best reactions uh, to the Eddie Doc as they do to everything involving Oklahoma State athletics. Uh, and make sure you head over to BuiltBar.com as well. That is BuiltBar.com uh, where, let me make sure, I'm going to the website right now, make sure that the sale has not ended. Uh, the inventory sale might be over. They're sold out of a bunch of bars. Built Bar, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, last week I was telling you to get in because these things are moving fast. Uh, and now they've they've raised a ton, a ton of money uh, to go to great causes. So head over to BuiltBar.com. They're sold out of a lot of things right now, but head that way and see what you can get. It's uh, phenomenal, and it looks like they're coming up with a new Built Bar that's uh, going to be, you know, even better. So BuiltBar.com, check out everything that they have to offer. So before I dive in on the Eddie doc, I kind of want to update everyone uh, what's going on right now at Oklahoma State. So basketball players on campus. Cade Cunningham is in Stillwater. Uh, Cunningham Force One has landed and uh, getting ready to go. Todd Williams tweeted that he's in town. Pretty much everyone's in town, including the one guy that we did not yet know about, Montreal Pena, has reported to Oklahoma State. Montreal Pena, of course, a three-star recruit out of Arlington, Texas. 6'9", 200 pounds. So him going ahead uh, and committing to Oklahoma State, which, by the way, by the way, I know that all I've done for weeks is lob praise at Mike Boynton. I mean, it's getting a little out of hand at this point. He's probably thinking, okay, if y'all could all just calm down. I haven't done that much yet. Let's chill with the praise. I will not chill with the praise. Considering the punishment that was handed down by the NCAA, Mike Boynton did not lose a single recruit from his incoming class. Guys who are elite prospects who had other options, other places they could have gone. Montreal Pena had offers from Baylor, uh, Georgetown, TCU, Texas A&M. He had options. Mike Boynton did not lose a single player from his recruiting class. Cannot possibly emphasize how impressive that is, how much of a family 
Philly atmosphere he has built uh, in a fairly short time at Oklahoma State, and I cannot wait to watch these young guys get out on the floor and get after it. Uh, Montreal Pena, probably day one, is your backup big man with the transfers of both Yorinay and Hitty Rosink. That leaves Caleb Boone as your starter inside. Uh, it probably leaves Montreal Pena as your two-man. So as a true freshman, he's going to come in and be asked to play some minutes. So we can see a lot of true freshmen this year. Obviously, Cade Cunningham's going to come in as an 18-, 19-year-old and be the best player in college basketball. And then you're going to have Donovan Williams, a four-star recruit. Rondell Walker, who's a four-star recruit. Matthew Alexander Moncrief, who's a four-star recruit. Montreal Pena, who's a three-star recruit. Oklahoma State is absolutely loaded with young guys. So uh, great to see Pena on campus. Great to have all those guys on campus. Cannot wait for Oklahoma State basketball. Between what Mike Boynton is building and the documentaries that we're going to watch this week on ESPN, I could not possibly be more jacked for Oklahoma State uh, basketball. Probably as excited as I've been in a long time. Probably, I'm as excited right now about Oklahoma State basketball as I have been since I was a sophomore, maybe junior in college when Marcus Smart held a uh, pep rally at the Student Union and told us all that he was coming back for another year. I was there. I was a student at the time, uh, and we were just wired whenever that news came down with Marcus Smart. Of course, that team ended up not winning a tournament game. It wasn't what we wanted it to be, but still, the excitement level was there, and that excitement level, uh, I'm, probably even, I'm, I'm probably even higher than that right now for Oklahoma State basketball. So hopefully the NCAA does the right thing and lifts the postseason ban because I want to see Caden and boys make some, uh, make some noise in March. So so uh, really looking forward to that. Also, uh, one more bit of news to update before we take a break and then come back. And I'm spending the final two segments talking about the Eddie Doc. I, I am so hyped for this. My wife was on uh, on her lunch break a little while ago. I was telling her about it. She didn't grow up an Oklahoma State fan like I did, so she doesn't remember the Eddie era uh, like I do. So uh, it's going to be fun for her to watch it tonight and, and see what I mean whenever I talk about the good old days at Boone Pickens, not at Boone Pickens Stadium, at Gallagher-Ibo arena, the good old days with Eddie. So uh, going to get to that after the break, but Oklahoma State uh, announced earlier today that it's tested 110 football players for COVID-19 and has administered multiple tests per athlete with only 14 positive results to date. It's also important to note that only one student athlete is still classified as an active case, uh, and that player remains in quarantine, and that's according to Oklahoma State spokesperson Kevin Clitworth, who does a fantastic job uh, at Oklahoma State. You can follow him on Twitter, at K Clitworth. Uh, so 110 football players tested, multiple tests per athlete with only 14 positives, uh, which is much better than we've seen from other places around the country. Clemson had 23 originally, had 14 more uh, this past week, so uh, Clemson, total of 37. LSU has had a pretty big outbreak, so uh, Oklahoma State at least it seems like for the time being uh, has gotten pretty lucky or done a good job, whatever you want to say, with containing COVID in Stillwater, doing a good job uh, of keeping players quarantined if they do in fact have it and keeping those test numbers low, which obviously uh, is a big, big deal as we move toward college football season. Okay, that is uh, all the news updates. Now we're taking a break. We're coming back and we're talking Eddie, baby. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. That's coming up next. Stay with me here on Locked on Pokes. Welcome back. Rolling along here on Locked on Pokes. 
Uh, man, I'm excited. It's a great Monday. It's a holiday week. Uh, I've got a big golf tournament coming up this weekend. Looking forward to that. Hope everybody has great fourth plans. Hit me up on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. Let me know what you're doing this weekend. And everyone, remember to be careful. Be careful with your fireworks. Be careful with your alcohol. The uh, police will be out. There will be stops. Don't drink and drive. Be smart. Be safe. Have a plan in place uh, to get from where you're at to where you're going in one piece. All right. Uh, the Eddie Doc coming up tonight on ESPN. Man, I am fired up. It has been a uh, a good year for Oklahoma State basketball fans uh, of old. Not so much with the NCAA sanctions, but Oklahoma State basketball fans of old. Obviously, Eddie Sutton getting into the Hall of Fame was a big, big deal. Uh, of course, rest in peace, Eddie, one of, one of the greatest to ever do it and a true member of the Oklahoma State family. So tonight, the Eddie Sutton documentary is airing, and I am I could not possibly be more excited for this documentary to see everything that they're going to get into. One of the good things that we've heard about this documentary is that it focuses on the good and the bad. It tells the entire story of Eddie Sutton, and, and it's not all good. You know, we remember the good, but we remember the bad, too. You know, Eddie Sutton fought alcoholism pretty much uh, his, his entire adult life, from what I understand, and it was tough uh, on him. It was tough on his family. I'm sure it was tough on his teams at time, and you know, it, it didn't cost him his career, but there were times when it certainly could have. Uh, it certainly caused some problems at some places that he went. Uh, the sanctions, everything, you, you know, there were a lot of things that happened throughout Eddie Sutton's career that weren't all good, and there were a ton of things that were good that were great, that were awesome. Um, so, Caden McFarland spoke with Scott Sutton. So, I want to share this audio with you. And whenever he talks about Rex Chapman in here, this is the Rex Chapman. Some of you might know him from Twitter, Blocker Charge. Uh, he played for Eddie Sutton at Kentucky, went on to have a great NBA career. So, uh, Scott sort of talks about uh, Rex Chapman, what he has to say in this documentary about Eddie Sutton and why they kind of chose to do it the way they did in terms of telling the full story of his life, good and bad, because there are multiple ways you can do a documentary. You can do it the way that they're doing it, where you tell the whole story, good and bad. Uh, you can also do it the way that The Last Dance did it. You know, The Last Dance was uh, Michael Jordan and his team were co-producers on that. I'm sure that they had final say on anything that did or did not get put into the documentary, and they made sure that all of the good stuff was touched on deep and in detail, and anything that was bad was either not touched on or was kind of glossed over and just hit pretty quickly. So, uh, you can do it that way, or you can tell uh, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, which is how it appears that uh, the Eddie Sutton documentary is going to take place. So anyway, uh, enough rambling on from me. Here is uh, Caden McFarlane. He has a question in the middle. This is about two minutes of Caden McFarlane with Scott Sutton, obviously one of Eddie Sutton's sons, talking about the documentary that will be airing tonight on ESPN. You know, I think being the youngest son and and my mom did a great job of, of trying to shield us and hide things from us that, that may have happened. That, but, you know, Rex Chapman was, was brutally honest. And, uh, you know, obviously was a great, great player for my dad at Kentucky. And, you know, he, you know, 10 minutes before he was supposed to do the interview with Chris and his crew, you know, he called Sean and said, hey, what do you, you, know, what do you want me to say here? And Sean said, tell the truth. We're, we're, we're throwing everything out there. We want this to tell his whole story, his whole life. And, you know, Rex said some things that I had never heard that, that my father had, had did. And, um, yeah, pretty shocking, pretty surprising. There have been a lot of documentaries made where people, that's not the path people take, you know, the, the tell the truth thing. Um, why, why was it the path you guys chose? 
Because that was, that was a big part of who he was, you know, his struggle. And I think it tells a story that, um, that, that people can overcome addiction. People can still be highly, highly successful and still have, you know, big time struggles in their personal life. And, you know, it tells a story that, uh, how alcoholism and how addiction can affect uh, family members, how it can affect jobs. You know, he's very fortunate that, uh, you know, he, he's a tough, tough man. He was. And, uh, but, you know, that, that this addiction did not cost him his career. And um, he was able to, and obviously he made a lot of mistakes. He made some tragic mistakes. And uh, I think he always owned up to it. But it's life. People make mistakes. Um, and I think that's why we wanted to tell a story, because this was him. Uh, he was complicated. He was wonderful. He was a great coach. He was a wonderful husband and father. But he had some, as he'll say, he had some demons that, that he had to deal with throughout his lifetime. Great stuff there from Scott Sutton. And again, that audio courtesy of Caden McFarlane on Twitter. And uh, just great, great stuff from Scott Sutton. I cannot wait to hear the stories from Rex Chapman. If, if those were stories that Scott Sutton had never heard, um, then, then those stories, I would imagine, are going to be pretty jarring for the rest of us as well. I want to take a quick break, come back on the other side. I want to wrap up today's show talking about some things to look forward to in the documentary, some things from, uh, from Eddie Sutton's time at Oklahoma State uh, that we can really key in on. It's a two-hour documentary tonight which is phenomenal I was worried that it was only going to be an hour you, you can't tell a story in an hour not with commercials that's that's just not nearly enough time to tell the story of Eddie Sutton quite frankly two hours isn't really enough time to tell the story of Eddie Sutton but uh, they'll be able to get much more in the weeds with that extra hour so looking forward to that tonight going to take a break come back tell you everything you should be looking forward to with tonight's Eddie documentary that's coming up next right here on Locked on Pokes Welcome back. Wrapping things up on a Monday here on Locked on Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad everyone's with me as always. Beautiful day in the state of Oklahoma. Looking forward to a great week capped up by the holiday this weekend. So Oklahoma State Week on ESPN. You've got Eddie tonight at 8 o'clock and then at 6 o'clock on Wednesday. Finding Big Country, where a former Vancouver Grizzlies fan uh, tries to track down Big Country. What happened to him after he left the NBA? Obviously one of the greats of all time at Oklahoma State. Looking forward to that Wednesday as well. But tonight, of course, is the Eddie Sutton documentary. And a few things to look for tonight. One thing uh, I'm really interested in is to see how they handle the plane crash. Obviously, the plane crash was uh, one of the most tragic events uh, in the history of collegiate athletics, certainly in the history of Oklahoma State. Obviously, the Oklahoma State family had to deal with another plane crash in 2011 that killed four people. Of course, the plane crash in 2001 killed 10 people. It's, you know, still remember the 10. Uh, every January, we do that and, and try to remember those uh, who lost their lives in 2001. Traveling back from a road game against Colorado, it was just a, a devastating moment for the Oklahoma State family. And Eddie Sutton kind of came out of the other side of that, and Eddie Sutton kind of, uh, you, you know, he took on the role of a, a father figure for the entire Oklahoma State community, the entire Oklahoma State family, trying to help everyone um, deal with that tragedy and, and, and try to heal. Uh, and that's, it, it's not even something you can really 
heal from. It's just something you, you kind of have to learn to live with when a tragedy like that happens. So I'm very curious uh, to see how the, the documentary uh, basically takes us through the plane crash and everything that ensued with Eddie Sutton, because that's obviously a terribly tragic and difficult time for Oklahoma State. Um, I'll be interested to see what his sons have to say about him, what his former players have to say about him, the good and the bad, uh, you know, throughout his entire career, uh, how, how he came to be the great coach that he was, how it all came to an end at Oklahoma State, uh, his battle to get in the Hall of Fame. I don't know how deep they're going to go into on any of that, but I'm looking forward to all of that. And then another thing is, you know, apparently – whenever Eddie Sutton was younger. So I'm, for the record, I'm 27 years old. I was born in September of 1992. So my very earliest memories of Oklahoma State basketball are like the Desmond Mason teams. Those are my very earliest memories, uh, and those are pretty weak memories of Oklahoma State basketball. But I kind of vaguely remember uh, those teams. And then I distinctly remember the 2004 team. That that was the team that I'm like, okay, this is awesome. I love this. Uh, We should do much, much more of this. And to me, at the time when I was 11 years old, I was like, oh, okay, you lost in the Final Four, it's fine. They're going to be back. It's no big deal. I mean, obviously, it's a great team. Eddie Sutton's a great coach. They're going to be back. And then, you know, you get older and you realize that doesn't just happen. You don't just make the Final Four. Even the Blue Bloods of the world, yeah, they make it more than other schools do, but um, still, most of the time, they're getting knocked out prior to the Final Four. So, uh, big, big deal. Oklahoma State obviously has not been back since. Um Eddie Sutton made it twice, so Eddie Sutton, obviously phenomenal. But apparently when Eddie was younger, he had a little bit of personality to him. So, you know, I remember the Eddie – I remember the Eddie scowl. That's what it was for me. Even, you know, I remember how old would I have been. I was probably nine years old, went to an Oklahoma State game, non-conference game, might have even been an exhibition against Northeastern State or something. Gallagher Iba Arena was packed, but Eddie's sitting down there, and you can go down and take him something. He'll sign it. Uh, so I took him a little, little small, like, antique-type basketball and a Sharpie, uh, and he signed it. And I even remember to this day just the scowl. You know, he was nice. He signed the ball. He, he was nice, said hi, but he wasn't like this smiling, happy, bubbly guy. He, he had the Eddie scowl on. That was his personality. But I guess when he was younger, you know, Sean Sutton, even here recently when talking about the documentary, talked about the fact that whenever he, he was younger, he he really promoted uh, his brand, his program himself. He was doing radio shows and television shows. Uh, he was one of the first people to get a pep band to play at games. He knew how important the crowd was. He knew how important it was to market himself. So I'm very curious to see a young Eddie that uh, people my age really aren't very familiar with. We're, we're very familiar with the Eddie Scal, not so much uh, the Eddie who wants to have a good time and, uh, you know, get everybody fired up and all that good stuff. So looking forward to all that stuff tonight with the Eddie documentary. Cannot wait. Remember, follow Boone Pick and State tonight. They'll have all of the best news notes and reactions to the Eddie doc. And I will be back tomorrow to recap everything that we see tonight in the Eddie documentary. So thanks everyone for listening. Once again, I'm back tomorrow with more Locked on Poked.